Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. All right, time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer on this Friday morning. And boy, do we have stuff to talk about. Good morning, Vaughn. And good morning, Simi. And I'm sitting there just getting ready to check out of work yesterday afternoon. And I get this <laughs> letter from you on the Surrey Policing Services. And yep. I go, didn't Simi and I say that thing was settled? Back in July. Uh, or the time before line? that. Yeah. Or the time before that. Yeah, man plans, God laughs. There we go. It's yeah. Just wild out there in Surrey. And honestly, this letter so this letter is from the Deputy Minister of Public Safety. Yeah, uh, the, and head of, the head of policing services. Head of policing so. services to uh, Mayor Brenda Locke. And yeah. essentially just says to her, you're you're misleading the public. You're telling the public one thing and you know it's not true because here's all the times that we have tried to meet with you and tried to settle these questions and you are obstructing us. Yeah, I mean, first of all, this is Glenn Lewis. He's a public servant and I assure you he didn't write this letter without the full approval of the cabinet and the Solicitor General Mike Farnworth. That's who he's really speaking of. He lists... Uh, well, first of all, he says, hey, this thing was <laughs> settled uh, by the government back in July when the Solicitor General said to Surrey, your plan to go back to the RCMP doesn't work. Stick with Surrey Policing Services. And the province promised Surrey $150 million to go ahead. So this is a huge provincial government bribed to stay the course. Other municipalities went, hey, we're obeying the law. Where's our $150 million? So it's a, a blistering letter, but cold in a sense too, because it says, look, you have to provide policing services. It's your uh, requirement to do that. Uh, and then it says intransigence, you're not meeting with us. Uh, your officials, when they meet with us, say we can't do anything because we don't have council's approval to go ahead. It's really amazing. It goes on for about four pages yeah. of these details. And, and you know, it, not only is the thing not settled, when you read the letter, you go, how is the provincial government ever going to settle this? How are they going to make it happen? I, uh, you know, was talking when, when we read it yesterday, uh, Keith Baldry of Global, our colleague, and he said, we both said the same thing. How does the provincial government make a municipality do something if the municipality really doesn't want to do it? And that's clearly what's going on out there in Surrey. Oh, yeah. The letter is uh, astonishing. I've, I've never seen anything yeah. quite like that. So we're going to be speaking with a uh, city councillor about that from Surrey. And we'll speak with Mike Farnworth actually coming up in our 8 yeah. o'clock hour too and get his reaction to this because you're right. This obviously was a last resort for the government, but what else could they do at this point? Yeah. Well, you know, I think the New Democrats are doing very, very well in the opinion polls. And when you're in government, it's nice to know the public would reelect you if an election were held tomorrow. But th there is a certain temptation in power, in especially in provincial government. We had, a, we had an NDP cabinet minister back in the 1990s say, don't forget government can do anything. And 
when you've been in power for a while as a provincial government, you really think you can do anything. And I think the New Democrats believed they'd settled this matter in July. They told Surrey what to do. And because they didn't want to endanger the NDP's hold on Surrey, uh, the majority of MLAs out there are New Democrats, and four of them are cabinet ministers. Because the New Democrats didn't want to endanger that by ordering Surrey to go ahead, they offered them this incredible, it's a bribe, $150 million to stay the course to cover the extra costs of Surrey policing services. I think they really thought that was it. And they're now discovering that, no, it isn't it. You know, Surrey is dragging its feet for whatever reasons. Um, Surrey is saying, no, no, you took, I mean, Surrey's comeback on this is interesting, and we haven't heard from Brenda Locke, but we've heard from her before. Surrey's comeback on this is, hey, you guys decided that it was your policing plan that was going to rule the roost out here, not ours, so make it work. Go ahead. See if you can do it. But the letter it's, it's incredible. The letter See. says they're trying to. All they're they're trying to even meet yeah. with them to explain to them how it's going to work and they won't even take the city won't even take the meetings. Well, it's a passive aggressive strategy. Uh, but essentially they're daring the new democrats to uh, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Oh my god, are these I, children? Are know, these really children Vaughn? I don't understand. Well, who faces the next election with the voters in Surrey? Oh, the provincial government. And who's yeah. going to pay for the cost of this? If the, you know, there's some suggestion, Simi, that the $150 million isn't enough to cover all this, right? You think it would be. I'm sure the government said, what's the, you know, the highest number we can shovel out here with our to budget get this done. to yeah. make this happen? I, I, this is really a fascinating standoff. We've never been here before. We, in the past, you may recall that the provincial government has gotten very, very upset with school boards for not doing certain things. And they fired the school board and they brought in a trustee. And that was dramatic enough. And it hasn't happened very often, but it does happen. But this would take it to another level. Like, what do you do with a municipality that won't do what you want to do when you're the provincial government and you think you're the master of the universe? All right, we are back with Vaughn Palmer. And Vaughn, I forgot to congratulate you and Victoria for, uh, you know, winning that uh, greatest cities list on Condé Nast Traveler. I think it every time I come home from a holiday, this is not a difficult place to come home to. Victoria is just a wonderful place. I've now lived here about half my life. And uh, I'm glad that the travel agencies uh, have discovered it. Uh, Are you? Because I was thinking that's going to mean a lot more people coming your way. Oh yeah, okay. Is you know uh, that's that's true, but it's a city that depends an awful lot on tourism, and that had a pretty rough ride for a few years. So true. Um, that's a good thing, and, and you know you've had the experience uh, maybe about Vancouver. It always fascinates me when I travel. You know, I was uh, on this five week road trip uh, in the U.S. Southwest, and every now and then somebody would ask you me about uh, where are you from? And I would say Victoria. And more often than not, they would say, oh, that's a beautiful place. I've been there. Or they would say, oh, that's a beautiful place. I wish I could go there. So I'm not going to argue with them. There are many, as you know, I have a lot of fun at the experience of Victoria. <laughs> you but, do. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the travel agencies nevertheless are right. I will say one thing. Uh, I noticed this morning when you were talking about it to John Strait, 
um, you referred to, or he referred to two of the city's tourist attractions, uh, one, the Royal BC Museum, and the other, Keith Baldry. And yes. I can tell you from firsthand inspection, they are both a wreck. <laughs> don't come here for that. <laughs> or them. Yeah, don't come to <laughs> uh, all right. Now, Mike Farnworth had a busy couple of days. We were talking about the Surrey policing situation. But the other thing that everybody was talking to him about yesterday was the crackdown on open drug use. Yeah. So you'll remember back in the spring, and I'm sure the government wishes we wouldn't remember this, that when mayors and councillors in particular and the public began complaining that the government's decriminalization of drugs and promotion of safe drug use publicly was leading to open drug use in parks, recreation facilities, uh, skateboard parks, all over, essentially public space. Initially, the government really didn't want to hear this. Uh, You heard from New Democrats, oh, you know, give the experiment a chance. Okay, well, that's great if it's not happening in the park next to your house. And then they said, uh, you're fear-mongering, you're exaggerating. They told the liberals that when they they were still called the liberals in the House, and they told them that in the House. And then you heard from the advocates that, oh, uh, you're going to stigmatize addictions again. You're going to stigmatize drug use, and you're going to drive the users back underground and into unsafe spaces, and you're going to cost people their lives. Well, that was the spring. Uh, yesterday, uh, the New Democrats brought in legislation, Simi, that pretty much says the critics were right. It, we've got a crackdown on open drug use in pretty much every public space in the province, and the crackdown, Simi, is backed up with the power of the police to say move on, to seize the drugs, and uh, if necessary, to arrest them. So, it's a major, major backdown or a major reversal, Simi, and, and the premier yesterday insisted that none of that was true. The government is still committed to decriminalization, and this doesn't recriminalize drug use, and it's not like that at all. So um, I would say the initial reaction to them is they got it right finally. I think that's the public reaction. But Simi, I see the advocates are very, very yeah. upset about this. They say it's the end of decriminalization. It's going to cost people lives. They're saying exactly what the New Democrats were saying last spring when this was brought up in the first place. Yes, they are. I know it's been a really a strong pushback on that. And even the headlines and all the like national papers yeah. are the same thing, as in BC is dialing back decriminalization. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I think I listened to the Premier carefully yesterday, and in the midst of denying what he was doing, he also pretty much told us why he was doing it. Uh, They were very concerned that this was going to undermine support for what they were doing, that the public backlash uh, was going to discredit the whole notion of decriminalization. And other jurisdictions are watching British Columbia as well, and I think the same reaction there is, we don't need this kind of political trouble. So the government has got to hope that it hasn't acted too late. I mean, look, to the drug it, users yeah. aren't going to go out and read this report and this legislation. They're not going to get the message. The police are going to have to be rebriefed on what they were told earlier in the year about how they should proceed And it may be that this thing is too far along for the government to pull back on it and actually produce results. We'll see. But this is a very risky, belated response by the government, and we don't know how it's going to play out. 
Okay, there's that. And also, I have to talk quickly about BC Ferries here too. And I've got, I've got Nicholas Jimenez coming on in at, after the 7.30 news because I'm really curious to know how appointing new vice presidents is going to help the ferries run on time. Well, you know, Thanksgiving weekend is coming up and the ferry wanted to uh, offer some reassurance to the public. So we got a press release yesterday saying they've reorganized the corporation. We've got, I don't know, four divisions now and more vice presidents. Uh, I love the comment from our colleague Rob Shaw. Yes. He, uh, he said, uh, you know, the health regions have already improved, proven that with more vice presidents, you get better results. In the <laughs> yes. ER. And uh, I'll be interested to hear what he says. Um, I like to think it's a satirical response to the government's empty gesture earlier this week where they announced the ferries were going to be, the government was going to claw back uh, some of its giant subsidy to BC ferries as a penalty for service cancellation. So these guys, (laughs) it's fascinating to me how often the problems a government creates are problems it creates for itself. The opposition some days can just sit there and watch the parade go by. They certainly can. All right, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Cindy.